You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. Here we are on a very somber day. 9-11, my God, I can't believe we're doing this podcast in 9-11. Oh, so I forgot. Any comments, <laughs> any jokes, anything other than the fact that... Um, I did think about the fact that if if there was a 9-11 now, do you think that would unify the country or just make us hate each other even more? Uh, I think it depends. No matter... Unify the country is a tricky phrase because unify the country behind Trump? No, absolutely not. No. But no matter what, people would want Trump out. People would hate his response to whatever happened. People would call it bullshit. Yeah. I mean, people did the same with Bush. Yeah. But um, would it unify us around being American like 9-11 did? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any faith in that anymore. But um, so here we are, and uh, Tommy's about to go on a, on a trip to Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. Do you have an Airbnb, or what's the deal? Are you allowed to talk about this? I don't know. I mean, she planned most of it, so. That's great. You have a woman who plans? I'm kind of just tagging along. Dude, she that's, by me. the way, in life, mm-hmm. that's the job for a man. You I tag along. Especially, uh, not, I'm not going to say men like us, but at least men like me, like, <laughs> I'm terrible at planning. I'm a I very, think, I'm a I tag think along. most men are kind of bad at planning. Men have their skill set. I mean, if you are a man who, who, who is a really good planner, yeah. then you need to be with a woman who's like, just flighty like us do. You know? to- yes, bingo. Because like one person is the structure and one person is the experience enhancer. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I like I'm going to come, I'm going to be fun, yes. I'm going to make you feel good. And uh, as far as, because I, when it comes to like the structure of the plans, I'm too, I'm loosey-goosey. I could have a good time in my house. Exactly. I could go to the beach, whatever. I don't. That's the best type of guy to be. Totally. I don't like these alpha type A driven guys who are control freaks. Uh, a lot of times women want to be with a rich guy. And what they don't realize is if you get to be with a billionaire yeah. or multi-multi, oftentimes they're major control freaks. You lose your autonomy. And sociopaths. Totally. And they don't want you to talk to men, see men. Do anything. So there's there's an advantage to being guys like us, to being uh, poor and a little bit lazy. No, Is so that, uh, <laughs> maybe not really. Court sort. Anyway, there's a couple things I want to talk about. One thing I wanted to to lay to rest and conclude. Okay. This uh, conversation with CNN, CNN okay. regarding Crystalia, because the last time we talked, and maybe we should play this on the podcast. Uh, I called the writer of the article on CNN about Chris D'Elia and I said, hey, um, Chloe, the article doesn't represent what I said, and I feel like you lied to me in three different ways. Mm-hmm. You said things that you said were off the record. You forgot that you've ever said that. Um, you changed the one sentence I approved, and then you added another sentence without my approval. So, And you were listening to the phone call, and she basically just said... I'm sorry if you feel, she did that, that thing, that equivocation apology where I'm sorry if you feel I wasn't being honest. Yeah. Which, but she, she later kind of more admitted it. She said, if I did that, I'm sorry, which is similar. Which is similar. She's, if she I did kind of, a, did I that. forget what it was, but she did kind of admit to uh, abusing it or fudging the lines a little bit. So, for those who haven't listened to the previous podcasts, and we, we had two different podcasts that dealt with Crystalia and the controversy, and then this CNN article where I was A, misquoted, and B, taken out of context. And um, so, I don't want to go over it, but long short, this, this reporter called me. She wanted me to sort of confirm allegations that he was targeting underage women, which I didn't see know about and frankly didn't really believe and allegations that he was drugging and raping women with his opener which i didn't see hear about and didn't believe and i told her that 
And then she said, what about him exposing himself? And I said, well, he did but it wrong. what about the drugging rape? I have straight up never even heard that. Yeah, it's, it's you know, look. That seems crazy to even put in the ethos. I mean. I agree. I agree. I, I, I mean, there there is something out on Reddit about it. Mm. A woman wrote a story about it. Okay, okay. And I don't well, want to. Maybe it exists. It's obviously a tricky thing. Look, we want to believe women. We want to believe all women. But we also know we live on the planet Earth and human beings can be corrupted by different things and so believing sure. all women is just too too tricky a thing to also well i believe all women is not like believe everyone without question it's just like treat every accusation seriously with seriously exactly that's yeah. the main point of it but my problem with that is and look i've talked to enough women who've been abused and assaulted and even raped mm-hmm. that i know say well go to the cops what about due process is a bullshit hegemonic male thing to say totally I get that because you don't want to you want to move past it and I, I hear that over and over again um but i do think if you're going to go on reddit and you're going to write a long story about what happened in, in explicit detail alleging a rape and you don't go to the police then i don't understand what the point is then like it, then it just feels why are you being so public with it and anonymous but you're not actually looking for any legal justice or recom- recompense um, or anything. It's just, it's, it's a tricky thing. I, I feel like either I you want to move on from it or you want to engage with it. I kind of get that. Uh, I think that there is the danger of it becomes so easy to just maybe fabricate things. But I also, from an emotional standpoint, understand not wanting to deal with the cops because I just think of course, the cops- Of course, of course. I think it's a no-win a whole, situation. Like the justice system is just a wild ride. Yeah from beginning to end whereas putting out their information about someone if it's like they have done something wrong might yeah. be act as a warning to consumers act as a warning to other women in a way that if someone is genuinely a predatory then it, yeah i think that's a good thing so the last conversation we had about this regarding the article on cnn like i said i was i wrote a, a sentence that she added the line that he exposed himself to women, which I had never said. I asked her on the phone with you, Tommy. I said, do you have the audio recording? Yeah. She said she sent that to you, right? And she said, I should, she couldn't find it. She couldn't find it. Shocker. She couldn't find it. It's been deleted. It's been deleted? And you know, once you delete something, yeah. And once you delete something, once you delete something, there's no way ever to get it back. That's not possible at all. And on, in the beginning of the recorded conversation, and I may smoke. Why would she delete that? Because, well, that seems her, like such horseshit to me. Because she said that, well, I transcribed it. So once you transcribe it, you don't need the audio recording. You f- what? That's like Bob Woodward doing this Trump stuff and going like, oh, well, that's, shady. that's just a transcript. That he needed the shady. audio recording in order. And so I told her, I said, look, you're setting me up for possible libel because I'm saying what it sounds like is I'm saying I was in the room while he exposed himself to men and women. And I never said that. I only know that he did around guys as a joke in a way would which is you, sort of defending in, in a would way. Would you be maybe. on the line for libel if you said I never said that? No. But I would I, I look, am huh. I worried I'm not really worried about right. libel. I'm just saying that I just don't like as much as I want to be an advocate and help women, I also don't want to be misquoted. I don't want to be used for an agenda that this woman clearly had. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And she even said to me when I asked for a retraction. And I wanted to sort of make it right because I want to at least feel like I had integrity with my word and I, and I wanted to sort of redress it. She did bring up, if you do that, if you ask for retraction and mm-hmm. you take actions, like basically think of all the damage you'll be doing to these women who are brave enough to come forward. And she is right about but that. It's but it's her that did the damage. It's a little it's bit on her, of I feel like. blackmail. It's a wow. little, it's a tough thing because of course I don't want to, if these women, and my understanding is the women who came forward are very tortured by it. They're being trolled online by fans. They've mm-hmm. deactivated accounts. They've been upset going to therapy. There's a lot of emotional and mental damage and psychic damage being inflicted with this shit. You know what I mean? And you know how internet trolls are. I, so, I think if you retracted it, no one would even really notice. Yeah, exactly. I don't think and it's that big thing. a deal. Uh. So, so I'm I'm torn because on one hand, I obviously these allegations are true, and I'm assuming 
my general belief is that they are probably true, at least the allegations that were vetted by CNN, which has to go through five levels of corroboration. And, of course. You know, they're not just any woman who goes, hey, I wrote this on Reddit, put it in your article. No, of course not. Doesn't these, happen. These, like, we have a hotel employee, this person, the fiance, totally. friend, da da. So, um, I mean, something was going down, at least. So, so she never, I n- never heard about these allegations or accusations until I read the article. And it opens with me saying, Bill Dawes says he's, he believes these women. I've never even heard of these women's accusations. So mm-hmm. f- it was just disingenuous from the beginning. And it just, br- so she goes, okay, I'm going to get you on a TV show. She started offering all these TV spots. Right. And I was kind of like, I see what you're doing. You're trying to like make it like, I'm a desperate comic and I want TV. She did this beforehand or afterwards? After. Because she it. knew I was annoyed. So I did a TV show. It was like six in the morning. You did the TV spot? Because I said, I said, listen, Chloe, if I do the TV show, I'm going to be very clear on the record right. that I've never seen him expose himself. Okay. Nor have I heard him exposing himself to women. I only know that he did around comics. I'm going to, I'm just so you know, if you put me on TV, I'm going to say that. Sure. She's like, fine. If that'll make you feel better, I understand. You know, that's uh-huh. the point. Because she also wanted to talk about the problems with the comedy world and comedy clubs in general, writ large, and what could be done to right. make it not so easy for these things. Anyway, so. I mean, there's definitely a conversation to be had about yeah. comedians sexually harassing people. For sure. And also, if there is anything comedy clubs can do to make. Wait, staff feel safer. Audience members right. feel safer if there's anything like that. So um, I get on this <laughs> program, and the woman who was not not the writer for CNN, but this woman's like Atlanta morning show, just you could hear right away. I didn't see her. I could just hear her voice. I'm doing uh, like a mm-hmm. Zoom thing. Um, she had to be pretty because she was dumb as a bag of hammers. I mean, like I just listened to her talk, and I'm like, ugh. Like, what are you saying? It was just okay. like, can you believe it? Ben Affleck has new shoes and now allegations. So it was just one of those weird things where like, look at this spunky dog, you know, walking a cat. And then now I mean, allegations. Might, I don't know if that's fair to the reporter. No, no. This is morning TV. I know. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But I could just, you could tell. She was just a little like daft. Okay. So <laughs> she goes, this is how, and I told Chloe very clearly. Right, like, sure. You, I go, I said, Chloe, you understand, like, it looks like I'm saying I've been in the room while I expose himself to men and women. Right, yeah. I Very agree. clearly from the article, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. That I'm saying I've, I've been a part of it, and I never have. And she goes, oh, it doesn't read that way to me at all. I'm going, really? Okay. Yeah. This is what the reporter I mean, Atlanta yeah, yeah, yeah. does. The reporter Atlanta goes, she opens like, we have Bill Dawes, who saw him, Chris D'Elia, expose himself to several women on oh, several occasions. no. That was her opening line. Oh, no. Wait, and you can't even see the reporter? You're like I in just another hear room? It. Okay. And like, the camera's on me. Holy and shit. And I go, I literally just go, uh, and then Chloe goes, no, 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 no. Just for the record, she came in, she said, Bill has never seen him expose himself to a man or to a woman oh. at all. Talk about That's, proving your point, though. You know. Was that on air? It was on air. And she walked in on air. Chloe was with me on her Zoom. In the interview. In the interview with this woman in Atlanta. So what right did you say? Gay. And I said, yeah, I've never seen that. And I said, I said for the record, um, I said, I, I never thought that Chris, or heard Chris had assaulted women, but if you have a man who has a very young demographic, and you have, uh, and he may be a little reckless with how he's interacting with them on social media, I think it's a recipe for disaster. I basically just said that w- this was a situation that was was going to happen with someone was bound to happen will keep happening because we are in like an unmitigated realm of of access and contact sure. and there's really no pl- like like you know I've told it story multiple times so many- do you feel better about your TV mm. or the whole thing now that you've kind of set as the I started straight? sort yeah. of and again I don't believe I was defending chris at all i think i was just saying let's take away the focus on the fact that here we have this harvey weinstein type of predator this awful predator which i really in my heart i don't know if i believe that or not i i think it's believe what that he is like an awful sociopathic predator which is no i don't think i don't think that either i think he's just really reckless with women he's probably a sex addict and and that's why so i said um and if you have that situation i mean harvey weinstein's like the I mean, it was peak very of the violent. pyramid. Was very, of- he was very violent with women too, which people don't forget. It wasn't just him trying to like bribe women. And co- he was violent. He would grab them. He would he would forcibly rape them. It's a it's a different. 
No, wow. I think what well, seems more like we have like a pop punk band scenario where like this is rampant in the pop punk community. Yeah. Where these bands, because of the subject matter of their music, have a fan base of almost exclusively 15 year old girls. Yeah. And they just have all this access to them. Yeah. And then almost always you end up, it's like you get all this admiration from pretty young women and people are reckless yeah. and bad shit happens yeah. and they and in the end of the day it's their responsibility yeah yeah so then i started talking about how so chloe was obviously she was thrown by the fact that this woman's like so you've seen him because first of all it makes me look like an asshole oh yeah i've seen him re- expose himself to women on multiple occasions and i sat there with my thumb up my ass and i didn't do anything like, of course so uh so she goes well what do you think can be done at comedy clubs and i started going into the problem with the two drink minimum, the problem that, that there is no hmm. vetting process on Instagram where anyone of any age can reach anyone they want. They can reach out to, they can lie about their age. There's nothing you can really do to police that and maybe there should be something. Do you think the two drink minimum is a problem? I don't Look, think so. He, here's, here's how I think it's a problem. If you're over 21, I don't know. Yeah, but here's how I think it's a problem. Okay. Most of these comedy clubs that are popular are in college towns. Mm-hmm. Who's do you think tw- like fake IDs? Who's 21 in a college town? The seniors, right? And not even all of them. So I wasn't. Uh, I was twenty as a, as a senior in college. So I drank all through college, though. Obviously, me too. Yeah. Yes, of course, everyone mm-hmm. does. So now you're in your campus and you're drinking nonstop and you're kegging and blah blah blah. Your favorite comic is on stage at the fucking Tempe Improv, let's say. <laughs> okay. Which is. Arizona State, I mean, yeah. Arizona State University was like the playboy number one. I mean, the nickname was Drunken Sluts in the Desert, you know? Wow. Back in the day. So, um, oh, I mean, at one point, I think John Stewart called it the Harvard of date rape. Oh, God. I know. Uh, my understanding was that rich kids who have abysmal grades go there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, usually rich kids with bad grades are pretty hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they're hot. So everyone's hot, and they're all there. And they're, Trophy wife, and sons. In Tempe, there's nothing to do, so it's just like a, it's just a, a hotbed for for just bad for danger, bad shit. Yeah. So trouble, you, trouble, trouble in River you're City. You're a freshman. You're a sophomore. Chris Lee is a huge star. He's your he's your celebrity crush. Sure. You got to go to the show. Got to go. How hard is it to get into the Tempe Improv if you're a 19 year old hot chick? First of all, you can get on the list, and this is something no one talks about. If you're on some, if you're on a comics list, no one's checking your ID. So they can DM yeah. someone and be like, oh, I'm trying to come to the show yeah. and they'll put them on the list. Yeah. So Now that doesn't imply any illicit activity or illegal activity on Chris's part, but you put someone on the list, maybe you'll assume they're, they're 21, you don't think about it. And you ain't checking. That's, where, ain't the, that's checking. where it's negligence. It's negligence. Yeah. Absolutely. If Chris were say criminal were negligence, say he wasn't negligent, then he's just lying. Well, that's what I said from the beginning is what it sounded like to me is like criminal negligence. Whereas yeah. like, and obviously, this is way, way, way different. But like, if uh, if an architect doesn't pay attention to the design, not an architect, but like an engineer, and a building falls, that's yeah. criminal negligence. Or like, if a doctor isn't paying attention and injects with the wrong fluid, right? Yeah. So this is like the celebrity uh, uh, interacting with the crowd, criminal negligence. Sure. Where hooking up with somebody without even checking, or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're in that position where you know that a lot of these underage people are coming in, then yes. that, that is on you. And then also, so, and that's not even dealing with the underage thing right now. Because we're saying 18, 19, oh, 20, 18, 19 right? is fine. So the question isn't consent about age, but now we're talking about you're at a comedy club, you're at the Tempe, Tempe Improv, sure. and you have a two drink minimum. And right. you're a 19-year-old girl, you weigh 100 pounds, 110 pounds. With tube socks dripping wet. Strong drinks. And they make these drinks particularly strong sure. because they want the audience to laugh more and the drunker the audience, the better. I mean, the more you drink, the funnier we are. Burp, 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 burp. You know, it's it's a sort of meme around comedy club. So mm-hmm. you're a nice year girl, you get two fucking long island lace teas. Damn. You're done with the show. Two you're long f- ones. You're you? fucked up. And then you're like, Hey Chris, you're so hot, what are you doing? He's like, Come to my hotel room. Right. You're gonna go, and all your friends egg you on. Yeah, what come I on, go, go, go! Come on, let's have a shot, girl. Boop, and then you go, and then it's it's just a recipe for disaster. It, it is something is going to happen that is going to involve 
dicey well, issues of consent. The if someone is that drunk, because I think it should be a federal law that people should should if they are above a certain limit, they literally cannot give consent. Well, that is the law. Is I don't it think not? it is a law. No, that I think it's a state by state law. I think there are some states that say you cannot have sex. You can't give consent if you're intoxicated. And some states are like some fine. states. Maybe you're right because I'm. North Carolina is one of those states where you you, you have to give cons- you can't give consent if you're drunk. Okay, because I'm from North Carolina, and that was always told to me as the rule. Yeah, but um, but obviously, like, is there a the legal limit to drive? Is what you're saying, or any alcohol at all? <laughs> exactly. Who yeah. knows? Because some. For driving, sometimes some states or some countries, they say if you have any alcohol in your system, you can't drive. What? Yeah. Is that real? Yeah. Utah, right? If you right? had a drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Utah. think like fucking like New Zealand and stuff like that. You know, if you have oh. like one drink, it's That's like pretty good. That's pretty good in New Zealand. I've spent Well, it was a little there. Australia. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Whoa, hold on. <laughs> you had... That was a laugh accent. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So as I was talking about how comedy clubs can be, owners got to be more, um, what's the word, responsible in terms of checking IDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comics have to be more responsible, making sure that people they interact with are of age and et cetera, et cetera. That there should be a way to incentivize people to buy stuff without having to be like a stiff drink. Don't charge $8 for a bottle of water because then you're just going to have a fucking, no one wants to buy yeah. water anyway when you're 19. You want to fit in. You want to laugh. Totally. So anyway, I just said, and they cut me off. They're like, okay, thank you. And I was like, are they cutting me off because I wasn't going after Dalia? Like I no, wasn't No, that's the TV. That's just a like, TV I game. I said, what the fuck? And then- They got you. They already had your time slot. Yeah, that's what she said. before, yeah. So then I said, I said, look, Chloe, here's the deal. I, I, that was, I've had nothing but a bad experience with this yeah. whole thing. So, um, and I didn't say anything else. And then the next day, mm. you're going to like this, Tommy. Oh, yeah? Apparently, a band of comics, male comics, called a certain comedy club owner over to their house or a house where they were all congregating to basically tell him to ban me from a certain comedy club. <laughs> okay damn because i am a backstabber wh- whatever they said that i was like full of shit backstabber mm. blah, blah, because it and that brought up a whole new slew of issues first of all it's always painful because i don't know who it is too number one i mean i can guess who it would be sure there are certain people who have unfollowed me on instagram in the past week that i'm like ah um so anyway, I can guess who, who it might be. I understand the reason, particularly if you're a friend, if you're close with Chris. If I was his opener now and this happened, I might feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But then I thought about, so my first was like, oh no, shoot. Uh, uh, oh my God, everyone's going to hate me. I can't work anywhere. Did blah, you blah, find blah. out about this from the comedy club owner? Yes. Mm. What? Huh? What was the verdict on that? Well, of course, the comic club owner wasn't like, I agree with them. Sure. Because how can you get... They were just like... He, the comic club owner said... Body. He said... <laughs> he said, um, listen, I understand your grievance. <laughs> He's from New Zealand. He's like, I understand your grievance. Yeah. Um, He's a, the biggest New Zealand <laughs> comic club owner in LA. So, um, and I was just like, fuck, man. I don't know... I had reached out to Chris's opener. I think I told you that. I reached mm. out to Chris. Sure. And I said, you probably, I get you probably hate me. I go, just so you know, this is what I said. This is what I didn't say. And I asked for a retraction. I didn't get it. My only other option is to sue. Um, and he was like, well, then you should sue if you feel that's the case. Otherwise, like, we don't have anything to talk about, which is fair. Now... When I came down off of the pain and heard of finding that a band of comics were trying to get me banned from... By the way, not the first time some comics try to get me banned from LA Comedy. So I was... Uh, of course, I was hurt and fearful and you're in anxiety all day. Of course. And then I thought about it and I was like, how crazy is that? That me, The gist of what I said was basically like, I believe these women. 
by saying you believe a woman, you are throwing a man under the bus. Yeah. What is, where's the moral equivalency? Where, I mean, I don't understand, like, in order to be, believe a heavily vetted woman on CNN who's putting her life and career on the line by coming forward with this stuff. I'm not believing a woman. No, what I'm doing is I'm backstabbing or I'm throwing a man under the bus. And it just started making me really present to like how fucking women are really treated like second-class citizens. I mean, they really are. On this issue in particular. On everything. I mean, look, I don't want to get too deep in the woods with this one, but like, I mean, obviously, what happened with Jacob Blake Blake is, is awful and... You know, I think that cop was obviously not right to shoot him seven times, um, <laughs> obviously. And I think that there's a lot more that's going to happen with that. Uh-huh. But he's accused and charged with raping the woman who he went to go see, you know, and abuse. Now, no one knows this woman's name. This woman isn't even part of the equation. It doesn't matter. Hmm. It doesn't matter that a woman was held up at gunpoint, a pregnant woman was held up at gunpoint by someone. It, it, so I, I guess I feel like sexism is really, and misogyny is really bad, but, but the other ism that's going to trump it is racism, obviously. You can't sure. really, if, 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 if we have race issues to deal with, the sex issues, we don't care that you were raped. It's I fucked think up. In this particular case, the ism that is chief and king is capitalism. It all comes down to money because it's not so much that you are attacking a man over a woman. This is the case unequivocally and there is an imbalance in man versus woman. But what you were attacking is a money-making machine. You are attacking a business, right? All of these people who gathered around against you, Mm -hmm. as much as they are defending their friend, they are defending their bottom line. These people are making money. You know what I mean? And you're attacking their money. So how am I attacking their money by saying, because they're making money off of him? Off of oh, of course. Clubs are making money off of him. Openers are making money off of him. People on the same shows are making money off of him. TV shows are making money off of him. He's a money maker. And so in Hollywood- anyone, anyone connected to his orbit is making money- Big time. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there's not legitimate friendships and relationships, but LA, this is the show business. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you attack the money, when you attack the machine of L.A., L.A. will bear its teeth on you. I get that. And that, in the case of Harvey Weinstein, in the case of the Cosbys, and, and I'm not comparing them to the Chris thing. Sure. But I'm just saying the reason, on top of being powerful men, I to me, the powerful comes before the men. Because yeah. these people dudes could have been taken down more easily if they weren't making so much money they got the money lawyers they got the money press people you know what i mean yeah it's a corrupt game yeah it is from and government to showbiz and it made me realize i i i'm not gonna say i've changed my tune but i am definitely much more sympathetic and empathetic to women who come forward at all because right all i basically said was eh, he's get naked in front of dudes as a joke and I tend to believe these women because there was something he would do mm-hmm. which is pretty milk toast. I mean it's a little it's fairly compared to everything else it's the most innocuous part of any article written about him right. right well we do have to take the article in context of what they quoted you as right what do you mean I agree what you said is relatively innocuous but but they also people's interpretation of what you said in the article is a bit worse it's like maybe you know what's really fucked up about it? Yeah. And I found this because she sent me the transcript from the audio that she lost. But what I actually said, they said, were you, when the Me Too stuff happened, did you think, like some people thought Chris D'Elia was going to be brought up. And I said, I said, when Me Too happened, um, yeah, some people did ask about Chris. And that had nothing to do with assault. It just had to do with the fact they had a young fan base and he'd been with so many women. Hmm. Which isn't really different from him saying I was caught in the lifestyle. Sure. He was, I was just saying he was with a lot of women, so, but it had nothing to do with assault. But yeah, sure, it was a question because now should I have said anything? Look, in retrospect, should I have said anything at all? Of course not. Apparently, what I said was the only reason the article got greenlit. Now, is that honest? Is Chloe B- telling the truth to me? Considering she hasn't told me the truth on several occasions, 
I don't know. But she made it seem like if you retract this article, the whole article goes away and these women have lost closure. Well, lost you lo- them losing the audio just seems there's no way she would delete that. She said she had while the app- article is alive, the like day, while the day still, after she just cleared it. Apparently she said, well, I wrote down, but meanwhile, the transcript had like notes in it and shit. I'm like, well, clearly it's an unaltered or unalterable transcript. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, you can't edit a PDF. So it just was like, it, anyway, the point is after I heard this about comics band together, to try to get me banned. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of feelings going on. There's a feelings of like, like hurt and pain that people hate me and people drawing. There's also the feeling of like, who are you? Come at me and I'll have a conversation. I'll talk to anybody about it. Mm-mm. And the third thing is like, if I see any of you motherfuckers at a comedy club and I hear the fucking smallest comment, you're getting choked out. Yeah. You know well, I mean? maybe not the best. <laughs> but it's, it's in the fucking, it, I'm putting it out there right now. Yeah. If you're one of those guys, that's cool. I get it. Just don't fucking fuck with me. Leave me alone. Ah, oh, man. So anyway, um, the long and short of it, the next day I, I go, Chloe, this has been a miserable experience. Yeah. I go, I don't want, because she wanted me to do this other article and other TV shit and talk about how the comedy world in general is rife with sexual misconduct and blah, 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 and why and practical solutions to solve it like we were just talking about. And I said, I don't want anything more to do with this. I said, look, I feel like you weren't honest with me on several occasions. Right. And I understand that you have good intentions sure and i understand that you maybe maybe you don't remember saying what you said and i can kind of sort of buy that but my impression the way it occurred to me is you're very dishonest with me and i don't want to really be involved with anything you're doing anymore i said i don't mean that even as a personal attack i just at this point it's caused way too much stress in my life and i don't want anything more to do with it so best of luck and yeah. then I guess that does give you a lot of perspective on like the amount of stress it caused you yeah, and you're not that. even one of these women. That was my point. So that's why these that's women why, are getting piled on. That's why I think about the fact that for a woman to come forward with something, unless you are that rare, rare sociopath. Sure. Which is very rare. Yeah. Unless look, if you have a situation like let's say the woman who accused Brian Callen of rape. Sure. I can even entertain the idea that that they had different pers- like a Rashomon style idea that sure. they had different perspectives on what happened and that Brian thought that they were having sex in a certain way and she thought it was it was rape you know sure so I can understand I can even believe that as a possibility that happened 20 years ago maybe right but I do think that she 100% believed that she was raped and I believe that every woman in the article from CNN either this happened to them or that, to the best of the recollection, that's what happened. I do believe that because I, I mean, uh, after I went for it, I was fucking dragged. I'm like, I can't imagine these women. To the point of the Rashomon thing, I think that is why the new playbook is enthusiastic consent. I'm not saying. I mean, this was always supposed to be the case, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of there was a lot of subtlety and fudging it for a long time. It's just kind of how things were. Like once you know. It was a, uh, it was a ne- like you would wait for the rebuttal. Yeah. You would progress until you got a rebuttal, then you would stop. That yeah. was kind of the, the go-to. And now it it does seem to be more of a. Any subtlety or any like question of where you're both at should be ironed out. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, some people might walk away feeling hurt, of and course. you don't even know. Exactly. One of the things I don't like, and this is what we live in. We live in this crazy world where everything has to be monolithic one way or the other way. I Mm. disagree with people who say, remember that song, Blurred Lines? (laughs) Yeah. Right? And everyone's like, it promotes rape culture. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Blurred Lines. What are you saying? Like, Like, and I get that point. I know you want it. <laughs> I get that point, but also, come on, right? <laughs> I mean, 
sure, that's to me like one of those conservative Christians attacking violent video games thing <laughs> where it's like there is a issue in the world and people don't know how to solve it. So they attack art and culture yeah. because it feels like something they can get their little yeah you know hands around and i feel like <laughs> when i was sort of first coming up and drinking in like late teens early 20s and particularly when i got into graduate school like 20 and i was in new york all of a sudden and you'd go on dates with people there was always that weird thing where drinking alcohol was just par for the course of course yeah and a lot of times women would say we are going to fuck I just need to get drunk first. And then sometimes what would happen is they would get drunk in a sloppy fashion. And then I'm like, I'm not going to have sex with you if you're sloppy. First of all, for a number of reasons. For sure, how sure, fun sure. is it going to be? No. And if anything is dicey, like, uh, I, I think it. people being at inequivalent levels of inebriation is a, l- a little creepy in several yes. instances, which, I mean, not to bring it back to the Chris thing, but him being stone cold sober, if chicks are coming in super drunk, that's a little creepy to me. Well, it's also, it goes back to the idea of if, if you are an advocate for Chris and you're defending Chris and you don't think he is a bad, evil sociopath, and I don't, and I know you don't either, right. then at the very least you have to go, he was very reckless. And maybe the recklessness was just sort of an arrogance about like, hey man, everything's cool, like it's just sex. I'm fucking around. Everyone loves me. Mm. I mean, there had to be a little bit of recklessness and, and arrogance combined to make what happened happen. It or he's a fucking sociopath. It's well, either reckless and arrogant or sociopath. I think all comics, regardless of whether they are sober or not, have a reckless, deviant streak. Oh, for sure. That's just comes with the course. I know I do. Right. Yeah. I I get off on like an adrenaline. Uh, in various ways everyone loves to fuck outdoors <laughs> sure you know what I mean yeah in the places where you shouldn't fuck right I mean in college I fucked in a church I was like this is so hot I'm going to hell yeah I mean something to that but what were you going to say <sighs> I, interrupted you. I interrupted you everyone has like uh, a little bit of a deviant side right like all comedians and I think a lot of comedians are sober because I mean not not Chris a lot of comedians Chris never did drugs and alcohol, which no. is incredible. Which maybe would under explain the sex addiction a thing more, you know? If you're if you're an O C D personality and you don't have drugs or alcohol, it's going somewhere. You gotta get that and maybe in a hopeful world, uh, in a benefit of the doubt world, that's just going coming out in the comedy. Right? Yeah. Like that's the outlet. Yeah. But uh But here's the thing I wanna talk about that in terms of the comedy. Mm. I tweeted a while ago. I said, if you're, if you're dating a musician or a comic yeah. who's going on the road and they don't bring a book, they're cheating. <laughs> and yeah. I actually kind of believe that. Like, if you're going on the road, just, hey, man, I'm going on the road. We're going to hang out. But like, and you don't have a thing, like a hobby. You're not knitting a scarf. Right. You're not reading a book. You're not writing a screenplay. You don't have an actual active creative hobby that you are putting your mind into. Yes. Because 90% of your time, 99% of your fucking day is not Free. comedy. No. And you're in some weird town and you're racked with loneliness and tri- childhood issues. Like to you have me, to have something. To me, serial cheating on your girlfriend speaks to a lack of character. I can't say anything beyond that, but... You know what I think it is? I think people who cheat don't like themselves, really. At the end of the day, and I'm speaking for me who's cheated. Yeah. I've never cheated in a situation where I felt good about who I was. Of course. Like, in some ways, it's always a weird... It's me acting out from bizarre insecurities about being a man or being hot or being attractive or being able to pull just the idea of like oh can you pull girls can you get girls mm. I remember one of the first times I met Michael Linochi he asked me like hey man do you get girls and I was just like what a fucking retarded question do you get girls like <laughs> like do you do you pick up cattle when you go to Wyoming do you get cattle well okay do you get I don't know if it's fully it is equivalent. a little bit like 
It is a. It's a. Li- I hear what you say. Look, I've said it and I get it. We all say it. We've it's said our whole life. It's a corny lives. ass thing to ask somebody. But you're asking a guy who's like 40, and you're asking <laughs> him if you get girls. I'm just kind of like, wow, that's so funny. That's it's such a, a very, college, like question. barstool sports level. But I think there was a time in America, and I think it still exists, where the idea of can you get girls was the, the biggest thing, and the guy who could get girls was the coolest guy. I mean. I still think that exists. For sure it does. That definitely existed in my time. I think I still put a certain level of my own value and my own masculinity in like much less now, much less now. But especially when I was like a virgin, oh man, like that, it was like a weight that slowly- How old were you when you lost your virginity? Uh, whew, I think it was on my twentieth birthday, or like 20th? the day with, with that week. You late bloomer. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I didn't get girls for yeah. a while. I was nervous. Like girls liked me. I probably nerds could weren't have. hot yet. Back, you nerds weren't the fucking hot thing. Because out here, Tommy, a lot of girls like you. I think nerds were becoming hot <laughs> in my heyday. But I also think, well, a couple things. One, I was very picky. I've kind of had. I was kind of religious growing up, if I'm being honest. Oh, wow. Not like... Did you think at one point, I'm going to wait till marriage to have sex? No, never. And when I say religious, I don't mean uh, like conservative Baptist. I mean more like like more liberal, kind of Episcopalian, chill church. But also I have those morals. Yeah. God was was watching you. God is real. Uh, uh, Having sex should mean something. You know, these are things that were instilled in me. So, my dad told me, and that's kind of an excuse. And also, I didn't really have game. I wasn't smooth. I had hella social anxiety. Looking back, well, I didn't know that was what it was at the time. But well, that's kind of the point. Is this idea of like you got game and all that stuff, and you can pick up girls. I wanted game. Oh, I wanted game so bad. That was such a big deal. Not in the not. I mean, look, there's a show called The Pickup Artist. That movie, that book, The Game. I still want all about picking up girls. Now I look at that shit and I go. This is so fucking dumb. Hey, learn magic to pick up girls. Use this line. Neg girls. All this shitty way. This past. Yeah. It's all dumb. It's really stupid, but I do think that it speaks to it also works. an enormous lack of teaching men in society how to get girls. Like, getting girls, the value placed on it is huge huge for all men the how do you get girls very murky there should be a high school class they should teach you how to do your taxes and how to hit on women and treat women uh respectfully but also in a way where you can get you know what i mean yeah like having game being smooth this shit is so hard and there's there are no lessons imagine changing line from reading that book didn't change shit from guys hey can you get girls to Hey, have you found your soulmate? Hey, do you have loving relationships with other women? <laughs> Imagine that was the conversation. I think um, the first lesson to getting girls, I mean, it's coming from someone who knows maybe nothing. But to me, the first lesson should be make female friends. Make lady friends that you just hang out with yeah. and spend time with and begin to understand and just get comfortable around women. Yeah. And then other women will respond to you better. Yeah. This kind of like being in a wolf pack of dudes and never hanging out with women and then going out and having your entire conception of ladies being sex based yeah. is maybe part of the reason you're not getting laid because your your brain is broken. Yeah. Your perspective is half of what it should be. Now, I'm going to make a confession. Yeah. So when I toured with... Tucker Max on the tour bus for I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. Uh-huh. When I was a wee, wee lass in my early 30s. <laughs> um, I am... Um, it, was, it was basically 30 cities, 30 nights, right? Right. And again, it was, it was young people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would meet them at bars. There was something in my head at that time and I think I don't think it cured it after this, but it I changed my mind after this. I just never really liked Tucker, and he had this like whole like alpha vibe, like I know how to get girls, guys. I'm like the pickup, you know. I'm like, sure, Ugh, you're a dork. 
Yeah. You know? So, um, that's the worst. This is like some dudes are quarterback of the football team yeah. and they got their pack and schmeat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they just get girls from the day they're born. Thank you, Tommy. But other guys <laughs> are fucking dorks. I'm halfway in the middle. And then they get success and now they're 35 and they're successful yes. and now they got a lot of catching up to do and they want you to treat them like quarterback of the football team but you see through it yeah because they're still dork i think i think with someone like chris is he's always you know been attractive and he's always he's comes from a wealthy family and i think he always got girls yeah I, every I woman that. he's ever brought around has been breathtakingly beautiful sure you know, so, but I think there's getting girls and then wanting to be the best ever at mm. getting girls. Like, I think people want to be notorious for getting the hottest women on the planet. Like, you have to bring the hottest girl to the club, the hottest girl to the premiere mm. and the red carpet. And there are some guys where that becomes so important to their identity. Yes. And I think that also the Venn diagram of people who do that and who sleep around is fucking the same circle. When people become numbers to you, you're in dangerous territory. Yes. And I, so my point is when I was on the road with this tour bus and everyone was all, I was like, I'm going to show these motherfuckers who can really get girls. Who can get girls. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to show these motherfuckers yeah, yeah, how yeah. to get girls. So I just made it a fucking mission to get like the cutest girls in every fucking town yeah. and every city and love them right. Mm-hmm. and walk on the bus like I'm a fucking man. Yeah. By the end of that tour, they were mocking me for doing that. It wasn't cool to them. They were like, Jesus, Bill, like how many like damaged women are you going to try to pick up on this tour? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, and maybe it was jealousy or whatever, but I did realize like my weird mission going into this, hmm. that I'm going to pick up the hottest girls, the best girls, and I'm going to show them how they're dorks and I'm a fucking stud. Was there any satisfaction at the end of it? Did I feel like I showed anybody anything? Was there any, I told you so? No, of course not. It just was like, it was empty and meaningless. And afterwards I had cleaning up to do with some, some people. I mean, I saw friends from that. Yeah. But you know, there's probably along the way there are women that felt hurt or felt like, I don't know, whatever, but emotionally used maybe. Yeah, and maybe they used me too. Who knows? But the thing is, I, I, I think I that- think that's um that's a fair part of the conversation that is fairly But had. once that happened, once that was done, and I don't want to say the numbers, but it was a month and it was like almost every night. Wow. Right? So- That seems in a way unhealthy for you as absolutely well. Absolutely it was. That is- it, it is- It was terrible. It is turning off the feeling part of your humanity. It makes it- It makes intention. it a game. Mm-hmm. And it makes you look at women as a conquest. Sure. As opposed to someone that you want to... And look, I'm not a Puritan by any stretch of the imagination. Right. I don't think sex is bad. I think sex is great. And fuck whoever you want to fuck if they say yes. And if they're of age and they're sober, like, do whatever the fuck... You know, if they yeah. want this, I don't care. But at the same time, the more women you sleep with, period, you are setting yourself up for misunderstanding. Yeah. And for things to happen that could go awry. And I think that was the gist of my comment that I said to CNN. It's like, if you are a guy who is caught up in lifestyle and you have this crazy, rabid fan base that adores you. I mean, one of the things I saw Chloe, I said, look, Chloe, I'm not famous at all. And I get at least 10 messages a week from women like trying to, hmm. some very explicitly trying to hook up with me. Right. So if you're someone like Delia, who again, richer, taller, famous, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's in the hundreds a week. Hundreds of women a week. <laughs> sure. And if least. you're just, if that is fun for you and it's part of the thing, like how do you not, you, you either have to like cut it off, like turn the spigot off and do a right, a right turn and become a different person. Sure. Or you're just, it, it just becomes about carrying it on. It's almost like, it's like the U. It's like the military industrial complex. You have to keep fucking fighting wars to keep progressing the military. I mean, and I think in a way, perhaps the drug of choice for a man like that is the ego, you know? Sure. 
especially with these social media apps, these things are drugs. Yeah. I just had a dumb TikTok video go. Oh yeah. And and when it and when the numbers started spiking, I felt it. I'm sure you felt the same thing with like just an Instagram video that gets a ton of views. Yeah. Reading the comments and like just feeling your blood course with dopamine. Oh, yeah. it's, it's evil. It's the devil. And yeah. I knew it was the devil. The second I, I was like this, <laughs> ooh, oh no. Yeah. Oh no, I need it. I need and it. And now I know the next video that I post, it's a dip. Oh, only 3,000 views. It only had 3,000? Mm-hmm. That's and so And I weird. knew, but I expected that going in. I was like, this is not going to be the same as last time. I just got to emotionally brace myself for that lack yeah. of of s- that star power, that Mario star. You ding, know, in ding, Mario... Ding, ding, ding. 528 hertz. Ding, ding. That's how they do... You know how they do casinos, right? Yeah. Oh. They, they play the her- the frequency that, that is gives exactly you... That is exactly what dopamine. I compared it to. That, that 99 plus in the notifications. 99 plus. Ooh. Ooh, you start tingling. Yeah. And, uh... It's very unhealthy. It makes it's, you feel like a god. It makes you feel, makes like, you feel like you're above. I think, it, again, the, the problem with Chris is not that I do not believe he is a bad person or evil or sociopathic. I believe, like you said, he got caught up in the lifestyle. And I think it was at a point where it was impossible, almost impossible for any human being with the ring of power to the throw ring the ring power. in the volcano. He was not going to throw that ring in the volcano. No. And the, the cock ring of power. The only thing that the only takeaway that I think could be a positive thing for Chris, because I think he's going to recover eventually from this, is sure. that he can, he can really have a come-to-Jesus moment, like a legitimate come-to-Jesus moment, and be, and I think he's a smart enough guy and a strong-willed enough guy that he can actually really turn around, but I don't think he can go back to that same style of living. Mm. I mean, how could you, you know? Some people don't want to go back. Yeah, or, I, or some people don't want to... Not go back. Not go back. That is what I mean. I, I tend to think that around 35 is sort of like, that's right around the time you got to stop. That's got to be the time where and you got to And you have a like, kid though? Yeah, maybe, maybe. So maybe that'll be part of it. Maybe, and maybe the truth is, maybe in the past year he has completely changed. Sure. He's had that moment and this stuff came out as sort of like the detritus afterwards that followed him, you know what I mean? So anyway, the point is... Uh, I guess the takeaway from this is um, even if you're well-intended and you want to be an advocate for women. Uh, I think you, you should. You, you, but, you, but I don't think but in this I case, came you did off. Get, uh, I don't think I come off well. It was also not exactly what I said. If they quoted you correctly, though, would you feel differently about it? Would you feel like you came off well? Because that was your intention. I actually told her if you if you faced the same backlash, but there was no misquoting, would you change something about what you did? Would you still not go through with it? Okay, here's what I feel about that. This is a good question. Jeez, Barbara Walters. I'm gonna go back to Eddie Griffin. Okay. I've had two people, two women, I'm incredibly close to. Yes. Crying, telling me about how they were assaulted by Eddie Griffin. Mm-hmm. I felt that. I was in the room listening to them for hours about this. And it, and I got such a, f- such a sense of rage, yeah, and justice. And I, 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 am a justice person. This needs to be just. Like my apartment eviction was not just, and it, and sometimes justice is not how the universe and the legal system operates. I think it's good to be a justice person. I think if you were raised a certain way with certain morals and a certain compass of how things should be. And all movies follow this same yeah. kind of moral structure of like, do what is right, you know? Yeah. Jedi code, whatever the fuck it is. I saw the video. Did you see the video of a woman who got assaulted on the subway platform in New York a no. few weeks ago? So there's a video someone took of a guy on top of a woman basically dry humping her on Jesus a subway Christ. platform. And there mm-hmm. were people standing around watching. Yeah. <laughs> It almost goes back to the whole Nazi thing. If you were in 1938 Germany, would right. you... Would you do anything? I was like, I would fucking never. I would fight those Nazis. And then the truth is, the con- you don't know the context. And a lot of people who are good people ended up getting enrolled in the Nazi party. And I, I hope to think if they survive, they look back with serious, serious regret. A lot of people getting enrolled right now, if I'm Yeah, exactly. Say. But at the same time, 
I, I think it's really easy to say I would do something in any situation. But I will also say this. I, I am the guy who does something. I've always been the guy who, and it doesn't serve me, man. I'm telling you, it no. doesn't. I mean, look at this, this Kenosha skate kid who hit the gunner in the face with a skateboard. He's dead. I can be honest. I can be honest. I admire that behavior. But yeah. if I had seen a dude with a gun, I'm getting the fuck out of Get there. the fuck out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, and there's a whole thing like a good Samaritan complex or whatever it is. And in terms of like good Samaritan stuff, I try to do my part. I try and get involved. I try and walk the walk. Yeah. But at a certain point, there's risk calculation. And, and that makes you feel bad. Yeah. When you look at yourself typing in numbers on the calculator over how good a person you want to be, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, but it, you know, it's and your it, life, I and guess. And again, when you're dealing with issues like this, there is very little room for nuance mm. or discussion about why these situations and even if these situations even if chris did nothing illegal and which i think is very possible sure that he did nothing illegal i think that um i mean look the the, the exposing yourself apparently is illegal and those are yeah, heavily, that's heavily vetted incidents that had to go through a rigorous process through cnn so i tend to believe that those things probably did happen which is what you said in the beginning. Now, do I do I think that there is a difference between exposing a woman opening the door and you're naked, or woman in your hotel room at night and then you take your pants off and expose yourself? Is that different than assaulting a woman and grabbing a woman by the neck and stuff like that? I think so. Jerking off? Of course, I think so. But also, but I also, mean, look how hard they came down on Louis. Exactly. Opening the door and you're jerking off—that's not even what Louis did. You know what I mean? Yes. And I'm not defending Louis. I'm just saying this issue of exposing yourself has been, by society, deemed a certain level of bad in comedy. Yes. Based on the precedent of Louis. Yes. And I guess I could see it as a thing that you might do if you're like you're proud of your your body or what you're working with, and you go, "I am presenting." Is it different this. if you're hot? Is it different if you're a hot person? The level of severity of flopping your well, meat. Well, like out. I said, Jared Leto. I'd heard many stories that that's his move, and you don't hear about it in the press. Does it have something to do with the fact he's a hot guy? Who he's knows? Super hot and super famous. I don't hot know. Hot person privilege. Hot person privilege. Yeah. So, um, I think that I sort of regret it. I'm not going to sue CNN. <laughs> I'm not going to be super adamant about a retraction. I'm just going to try to let this podcast be sort of the end of it for me yeah. and say lesson learned. I've garnered a lot of Will the ill haters will. make it to the 50-minute mark? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've garnered a lot of ill will among certain male comics. I mean, some people said to me, look, if, you've, if the male comics who hate you now because of this also, like, fuck them. Like, they hate you because you believed women who have credible allegations like yeah i tend to i tend to agree with that and the only reason i ever felt comfortable saying anything anyway is because we talked about at length in the podcast and i said i'm not gonna say anything different to her that i said in the podcast as a matter of fact like i said i kept saying i'm sorry i'm not saying what you want me to say Mm. i do think it's a bit different uh talking to cnn but i also feel like you didn't necessarily do anything wrong in talking to cnn about something you believe in I think it was a there is a without a doubt an element of bravery in uh standing up to the machine to the money machine you know what I mean in any aspect of life if yeah. for something that you believe in you know what I mean yeah and even if it doesn't all pan out right uh it it is very sad that they misquoted you and seemingly soured what could have been a more positive experience, but but that being said, I also there was always going to be backlash. The only and this is why I told Chloe, I go look, if these women, who you believe and they, actually went through this and mm. they are tormented and tortured the way you say they are, if this gives them, if my addition gives them some closure and some sense of justice, right. then then I can't feel bad about it. But there's also, it goes back to the idea of something very Machiavellian about, well, the ends justify the means. 
Yeah. Because she basically was like, oh, I can retract it and I don't have the audio of it, but if I do retract it, you're going to be letting a lot of women down. And that's nothing I want to be a part of either. It's justify the means culture Yeah. in America, if we're being honest. Yeah. The Democrats certainly feel that way. Oh, for sure. The Republicans definitely feel that way. Definitely feel that way. I mean, you look at, God, there is immoral things for a moral cause. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's the way... That's the way, way the that is the way gets baked. lawyers operate with everything. Right. You know what I mean? They have to. They def- I mean, lawyers, it's often moral things for an immoral cause. Yeah. You know? But if you're a lawyer who is defending... I remember one time I was in the Laugh Factory Lounge and Brett Ernst, who's very political and very opinionated, he was talking about how much he hated Hillary Clinton. Uh-huh. He said, you know, there's a video of her. She defended a, a child molester... And after the, after the case, she was laughing with her friends about it after the guy was exonerated. Yeah. What a piece of shit. And I was like, whoa, 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 Brett, I understand your point of view, but have you met a lawyer? Have you met a lawyer? Right. Every single lawyer who defends rapists, murders, they're going to be laughing with their friends if they win. That's the job description. That's the job. And as a lawyer, you got to, in some level, believe you're doing the right thing and getting them off because the justice system is fucked up a lot of these people are innocent right yeah. but flip side of the coin prosecutor putting an innocent man in jail right of course of defensive course. defense lawyer getting oj off yeah you know what i mean it's it's so fucked because there will always be some level of doubt so no matter who wins no matter who loses yeah life is just more complicated than black and white and if you ask there's a documentary about OJ, which is a great fucking documentary. It was a mini series documentary. Mm-hmm. Definitely watch it. But they interviewed Barry Sheck at one point. And Barry Sheck was probably the most instrumental person in getting OJ off because he was the one who exposed how the DNA could have been corrupted. And he was the one who left doubt mm. about the DNA. And DNA is the most sort of dispositive proof you can get on anything, right? Right. And he was able to generate doubt in the jury's minds. And that's what people think was the turning point. And they keep asking Barry Sheck in this documentary, how do you feel about getting off a guy who is probably a murderer? And he, he just did what every... Look, they just, this is what Dershowitz said about Epstein. Like, look, my job is to do, is defend my client as rigorously as possible. Well, to lawyers, and I think this is maybe the case across all fields but in law there is such a moral entanglement it it is worse but like like a basketball player you get up and you study the game right you know the game back and forth you know the passes the shots the movement how to play d for lawyers law is the game right so when you're defending someone they completely emotionally remove themselves they have to and they look at it by the numbers, by the game, to get every possible advantage, right? Yeah. Inching in, hitting that buzzer beater, right? It's, it, it transcends their own sense of uh, morality. Yeah, of course. Because it has to for them to do the job. And I think maybe the same case can be said for cops sometimes. And maybe that drives them to do some good things and often bad things. Yeah, I tend to think that cops, most cops I've met, and I've met some shitty cops. I did a cop movie, and there was one guy who would shoot people's dogs and shit if they were gang members and they had a pit bull. He would just put his gun and shoot and the dog. And he'd laugh about it. And he, I was like, ugh, that's fucked up, dude. A lot of cops like that. You know, there are cops like that. But Not I think all cops. In general. There's a sizable amount of cops that are like that. In general, cops yeah. get into policing because they want to protect and serve. That is why they want to do it. And that's also why people get into the military, but also... There's some people, some people want to carry a gun and shoot it. Yes. And they want to be able to do it. Yeah, for sure. I want to shoot some people. Oh, yeah, for sure. And maybe the military is a good place for people like that. Yeah. Because they're not shooting people over here. But the the cops, not a good place for that. The military is a good example because the military is, I've done a lot of tours with the military. And these are young kids. You forget how fucking young they are. You go into base and these kids are 19. I mean, they're kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, you were still a virgin and they're out there in Iraq. I was, I was still a virgin. So, and, and they're really respectful to their superiors. 
but you get these kids together in a room and they're talking you know i feel like no virgins should shit. be able to be military or cops <laughs> that's a basic rule that's hilarious it should be the vetting process yeah have you had sex in the past two years no sorry sorry yeah yeah <laughs> So anyway, Tommy, that's uh, that's kind of the takeaway. I know you got to get on a on a trip and go to Palm Springs and have I'm gonna, fun. I'm gonna make a weird little indie album in two days <laughs> in Palm Springs. Well, I mean, that's kind of my plan. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, if I make see. one thing, it'll be fun. You've been playing guitar for this girl and impressing her with your <laughs> skill and charm. Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? It's gonna be fun. Maybe we can have a, a talk about it. Anyway, so yeah, I guess that was just something I wanted to get off my chest. I don't want to talk about this subject anymore. Let let this be the just end of it. Unrelated question that I've yeah. been wondering for a while. Yeah. Do you get girls? <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, brother. <laughs> I just want to get that one girl. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that's it. Uh, everyone, have a great, great um, week. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>